I do appreciate your faithfulness on Wednesday night. Again, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Verse number 11, they, and that is us and others, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Would you say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. I've talked to you to, tonight, and the title of the, the lesson or the message is Our Testimony. Our Testimony. And I, I understand uh, the dynamic of God's presence in our lives and the blessings of the Lord. We're more than conquerors. I, I relate to that. But I also recognize that there is often a challenge, adversity, difficulty. There are obstacles we face, not only our carnal uh, nature and the struggle against our own flesh, but there is a spirit of this age, and there is certainly what the Bible describes in this context, an accuser of the brethren or the saints of God. The enemy has very little access. He's permitted to some degree to operate, but God has all power. The name of Jesus has all power. And yet he has permitted uh, the accuser to operate to some degree uh, in our world. Of course, that's not going to last forever. But even in the midst of that, he is tightly reined. It may not seem that way, but, but in an instant, this is all going to change. Amen. And yet he's operating and he is called in this place the accuser of our brethren. I wish I could say to you there is no dynamic like that that you don't have to worry There's nobody trying to accuse you there's nobody uh, trying to frustrate your walk with god there are no challenges there i wish i could wish away some of the adversity for you and for me but we cannot do that but i am thankful for a god that makes it clear greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world amen, amen. we face adversity but we have confidence in God and our testimony as referenced here is so very powerful when it comes to our ability to overcome and operate uh, in this dynamic of trying to live for God embracing the hope of heaven but still having an adversary so our testimony is so vitally important and it matters we have a month now that is always very special Hopefully for most of us that we talk about Christmas and we talk about the great gift of God providing for our salvation. But it is more than just a little story. It is the reality of what God has done so that we can overcome. Amen. John says it this way. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. That is foundation that is at the very heart and at the very core of our testimony i hate to uh kind of 
clue you into something that goes on that's very un-American. But when it comes to the dynamic of the Christian and the Christian's lifestyle and the way the accuser operates, you are not innocent until proven guilty. That's very un-American. We are guilty until proven innocent. That's where we live. We are guilty until proven innocent. But don't be afraid because John already gave us a little insight as to what God has purposed to do as it relates to our guilt. The bottom line, though, is someone has to testify on our behalf. Someone has to present evidence and and be a witness on our behalf. Or we have to pay the penalty for our sin. But Romans chapter 8 says what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 20 by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh he has provided for us the opportunity to go boldly into the holiest by the blood of Jesus verse 22 let us draw near with true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water We have to have demonstrated on our behalf some evidence that we can be what God wants us to be. And it's so powerful and such a blessing in the life of every believer. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Praise God. My testimony has at its foundation the provision that Jesus Christ has made for my redemption. My sins have been washed away, not in part, but in whole. Amen. It's no small thing. I know we received communion last week and honor the Lord, but it's no small thing to be able to lift your hands in the presence of the Lord and say, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. It's no small thing to stand and lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me. Why? Because at the foundation of our testimony is an absolute expression of faith. What could wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Without that, I have no standing. I have no opportunity. I have no future. I have no ability to experience the purpose of God. And really, without that, I have no hope. Hebrews chapter 6, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Something has been done for us. And it is at the foundation of our testimony. Jesus' blood has washed away my sin. Praise God. I I can't wish away the accuser. 
I can't wish away the adversity. I can't wish away the disease that someone is facing in your life. I can't wish away the cancer that has claimed another life. I I can't wish away in some uh, dynamics uh, some of the abuse that maybe someone has faced and some of the things perpetrated by sin. But what I can do is say, hey, wait a minute before you go ahead and convict everybody and say there's no hope and, and there's no opportunity for redemption. Just wait one minute. There's one more testimony that needs to be given. There's one more piece of evidence that needs to be offered. And it's almost like those dynamic court scenes where somebody walks through the back door and all of a sudden the tide has changed completely. And you thought the person was going to be convicted. But here comes one piece of evidence that has the ability to turn everything around. My testimony and your testimony is with everything else pointed to my death. Here came evidence that said, wait just a moment. Jesus Christ paid the price for his sin. I'm kind of amped up tonight. I got to be ready for 12 or 12,000. So I'll do it. But I'm not going to belittle because of circumstances, the reality that I was nothing and you were nothing and we really are nothing and everything points against us having what God wants us to have unless there is evidence provided that says, you know what? These people that were not a people, they're a people now. These people that were sold to sin, they are no longer slaves now. These people that were in the bondage of all the things that had wrecked the lives of generations. They were destined for that. But he that the Son has made free is free indeed. Praise God. At the heart of our testimony has to be the provision of God. God made a way. Paid the price for my sin. That becomes a revelation that transforms my life, a game changer, if you will. That becomes the anchor for my hope and for my dreams and for my confidence in God. I begin to walk through life believing He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. No wonder the same writer would say in another place, come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain help in time of need. I heard the request that was offered today in a conversation I had with somebody. Wouldn't it be pitiful if all we could do was put our heads together and come come up with a natural solution or figure out how to change things in our own power? Wouldn't it be pitiful if we had to come through every season of life and make up a solution based on our own ability. God did not relegate us to that. He said, I'll pay the price for your sin so that you can have a relationship with me so that there are no barriers from you coming in and acting like a son and saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't fix this on my own. I can't make this happen on my own. My testimony and your testimony is God made a way. Hallelujah. He has provided for us. And his provision has redeemed us, given us hope, 
I heard a loud voice, revelation again, saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. The accuser has been cast down. What has caused it to happen? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives even unto the death. What's your testimony? My testimony is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What's your testimony? Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes me white as snow. What's your testimony? Without Him, nothing. But with Him, everything. God has been so good to us. Thank God for the blood. He made him, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The provision that God has given to us. It's very similar to an Old Testament example. And Abraham is is really in a tough situation. You've never been there. Maybe you felt like killing your kids, but you've probably never been there. But he says, okay, we've gotten this far. And he turns and he sees a ram caught in the thicket. And it's there so that every generation can look to God and recognize God always provides. He always has a plan for the redemption of even one young boy. May it be, have been a, a, a teenager at that point, maybe in his early 20s. I don't know. There's speculation. He could have been uh, old enough where he could have physically removed himself, but he was submitted even to his father's direction. But God was able to intervene and say, I've been watching what's going on here. Now I know where your heart is. Now I know where your worship is. But there's something else here. The angel of the Lord calls unto Abraham and says a second time, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing Blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying thee, I will multiply the seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. There's something happening here. Abraham is getting ready to do what he feels like he can do and needs to do to obey God. And yet it's so beyond him. And something has to happen to intervene for the salvation of his son he turns and he looks and he identifies a God that is a provider can I just say to you if you would let that be the reality of your life you are never in over your head will you just look around and find the God who has proven over and over and over and oh that's my testimony I've never seen the righteous forsaken I've never seen his seed begging for bread are you really telling me that God doesn't heal are you really telling me that God doesn't make a way for people to find a, a way through financial difficulty or are you telling me that God can't help young men find quality mates that will live for God, honor his purpose? God is so out of options. Are you telling me God can't secure families and provide? Are you telling me that that's the God that we serve? No, that's not my testimony. Every time I turn, maybe even turn around, Brother Cliff, every time I turn and look again, I find a God who knows how to provide. Amen. That's my testimony. 
say, well, have you ever felt like you didn't have enough? Oh, yeah. But every time I turn, he has provided exactly. That's, that's our testimony. God has provided. He has provided. One person said he's already provided. We just haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. Praise God. I wish that we could get somehow magically. I've already referred to wishing. Next thing you know, I'll be wishing and hoping and wishing and hoping. But you know, this thing about enduring to the end, well, that, that's, I kind of wish I could wish that away. Why aren't we able to just demonstrate our faith and God provide and supernaturally it happen automatically on our timing? And he has chosen not to operate that way. But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. How do you do that? How do you operate in that, uh, in that lane, if you will? You have to have a testimony that's based on experience with God. Number one, he washed away my sins. I shouldn't even have a relationship with God, but he has provided for me. Number two, Every time I have looked in my life and where the need seemed impossible and at the very last moment at times, God intervened. It has taught me something. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. It has taught me something. Cast your cares upon him because he cares. That's my testimony. That's your testimony. You and I need to be very careful how we respond when it feels like the walls are closing in. Protect your testimony by reaching back even in your history and saying hey weeping may endure for the night but joy cometh in the morning how do you know because I have been through some long nights and God is always there you watch your attitude you watch your attitude and watch your spirit and watch what you dwell on in your thoughts don't you lose your testimony praise God because our testimony is he is our provider. Amen. Amen. Don't let what you're going through today keep you from what God has for you tomorrow by letting your mindset. Uh, you know, I, I'm just telling you, I, I, I go through life with people a little bit more than maybe some do because they will come and share what's happening. And you never know. You never know when, when a call or a circumstance or a situation is going to present something you never, ever thought you'd have to confront. Amen. Amen. But God is, he's never shocked. He's, he's like, can you imagine? Now I could do it. Walk away and, man, that's a lot of problems. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't do, God doesn't, when you come and cast your cares on him, he doesn't, oh, there's a meme that's going out there about, I think it's got the facial expression of one of these dogs that provides assistance and the dog's faces. Have you seen that meme that the dog's eyes are bulging and said, my, what, what are those dogs called? Assistance, emotional support dogs. And, and said, my, my emotional support dog's face when I told him my problem. You know, it's just, it's kind of a cute meme. Some of us, some of us, we, 
We react that way. We may, not, we may be a little subtle about how, but we walk away and we're, but we have got to maintain and preserve our testimony. And our testimony is absolutely grounded in the reality God provides for me. He makes a way. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Not only is God's provision at the heart of our testimony, but secondly, his purpose is so very much a part of our testimony. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Our testimony is not that we are superheroes, that we know how to do everything and we're perfect. We never make mistakes. Nothing like that is our testimony. Our testimony is not that, that we never have problems and never deal with doubt and never deal with fe- fear or confusion and have frustrating moments. Uh, our testimony is because he has provided for us, because he has redeemed us, we have embraced his purpose. What's his purpose? Well, Enoch had this testimony that he walked with God. That's our purpose, to walk with God. We heard it on Sunday, to have a relationship with God, to keep praying, to keep looking to the word, to keep embracing fellowship with God's family. What are you saying? I'm saying that's my purpose is to walk with God. And that's my testimony. What's your testimony? I'm trying to please God. I'm trying to honor his word. I'm trying to do what he called me to do. I want to bless his name. I want to glorify his name. Protect your testimony. Keep walking with God. Keep worshiping God. Keep honoring God. Keep letting the spirit lead you. Don't get so twisted in your way of doing life that you are just a wreck of of carnality. How many, don't raise your hand, don't point to anybody. But how many of us, and then how many of us know people that in seasons of their lives, they are more carnal than the most ranked sinner? It's true. They know how to speak in tongues. They know how to clap their hands. They can come into every service and act like everything is the way it needs to be. But really, in the season that they're in, they are so given over to carnality. That's a temptation. That's a, that's a thing we all have to guard against. How do you guard against that? You become so aware of his provision and so appreciative of what he's done in your life. You start with Calvary and you say, oh, I can't hardly get away from the reality at the cross, at the cross, at the cross, at the cross, at the cross. I can't get away from that. I don't deserve the blessings I have. Maybe if we would shrug off any sense of entitlement and say, I don't deserve even the first good thing he's ever done for me but thank God for the blood and thank God for the cross and thank God for his mercies and not only in the salvation and the redemption but in the keeping me every day and through every situation what that has done is evoke in my life a desire to fulfill his purpose what's his purpose Enoch had this testimony he walked with God Amen. you gotta keep walking gotta keep worshiping gotta keep letting the spirit lead you have to yield your body, your mind, to serve the Lord. In fact, the apostles wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of men. This element of our testimony is so powerful, it can be transmitted even without words. People can look at you and not ever even talk to you. Now we should talk to them. When we have the opportunity, we should share and express our faith. But they can look at you. Some people are looking at you, may never talk to you, but your testimony is making a difference. 
Amen. For good or bad. Some people are looking at you. They're in your life and they hardly ever, it hardly ever comes up. You talk about sports, you talk about work, talk about life and family. It never comes up about faith, but they are watching you the whole time. And you are read by men. They're seeing your faith. They're, they're seeing your hunger and thirst for righteousness or lack thereof. They're seeing the way you respond to adversity. This part of our testimony is so powerful that you don't have to say a word and it can still speak to people. And it's also so powerful that if you're not walking with God and you're not worshiping God and you're not letting the Spirit lead you, you can say whatever you want and your testimony will never get through. Meaning the positive, because they are seeing something way more powerful than our words. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, yeah, that, you know, I promise you, I promise you, I have cringed when sometimes someone is, oh, so and so goes to your church. I just cringed. And I'm sorry, because I know enough about so and so. To know how they probably conduct themselves at work. How they conduct themselves in that atmosphere. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just saying it doesn't matter what we say about the church. doesn't matter what we say about God. If the way we're living our lives does not reflect faith and love and devotion and obedience and, and, and Christian character and, and ethics and all of these kind of things. And I know sometimes in our own lives we're, we're looking and saying, well, I want to do better in this area. I'm not telling you you have to be a perfect person. I am telling you you have to get up every day and say, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to worship you. I want to be led by the Spirit. I'm telling you to protect your testimony. I'm not telling you to be some kind of fake where just when people are around, you show one type of character and whenever you're by yourself, you show it. I'm not telling you to be fake. I'm telling you to protect your testimony every day of your life, every moment of your life. How do you protect it? Get up and walk with God. Worship God. Love God. Serve God. Give Him all your heart. Give Him all your questions. Give Him all your doubts. Give Him all your fears. What are you doing? This is my testimony. Amen. You and I are letters written that men can read. Romans chapter 8, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. My testimony has to be protected. How do I protect it? By giving myself to the purpose of God. A deliberate decision every day. I want to please you today. I want to please you today. I don't know what that's going to look like every day. I know the basics of it. But on some days... It may involve something very different than it may another day. It may involve forgiving someone that now they're in your life and it's become very apparent that's what God wants you to do. Another day it may involve opening up your compassion and you have the ability to meet a need and God prompts you and you see it and you're aware and you meet that need. Very, there's some basics that are always there, but there's some other dynamics that are only going to be present if you really say every day, God, I just want to please you today. Some days it may be opening up your heart, your life, caring enough about somebody else that you just get involved with what they're dealing with, what they're facing, 
what their hurt is, what their concerns are. And you woke up that morning never knowing where the day would lead you. But you woke up saying, God, I just want to please you today. And he says, oh, I get, I get, I get some prerogative in this life. I get, to say, I get to say, what? oh, this is kind of cool. I get to tell them what to do. This is something I actually do when I tell them. It doesn't happen that much even for God. <laughs> it doesn't happen that much even for God. But can you imagine what it must do for him when one of us really says it and really follows through? God, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. I'll love who you want me to love. I'll give what you want me to give. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. My testimony is that I please God. Maybe others will notice, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll recognize that I believe it will be so clearly evident that they'll see some components of it. But at the end of the day, you and God will know whether or not you were walking with him that day. So protect your testimony and get up and walk with God and worship him and love him. Don't let life, don't let carnality, don't let the spirits of the age rob you of your testimony. Praise God. God will help us. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. God will lead you and guide you and provision, provide for you through every circumstance. And even when you feel overwhelmed, he has promised you, I'll make a way of escape. You just make up your mind. You're going to worship me. You're going to walk with me. You're going to follow me. You're going to let the leading of my spirit direct and order you. Why? Because I made up my mind. I want my testimony to matter. There's, there's, a, there's a part of this first verse that we read that, is really, really quite powerful. The very end, and I close with this. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. There's something about these people that as they're doing life, when they have to choose and when confronted with what looks like death, they still choose their testimony. They still choose their service to God, their love for God, their thought. Even when death is, is what looks to be the outcome if they follow through, they don't love their lives so much that they would let go of their testimony just to preserve their lives. Now that's why people are in nations like Burkina Faso and they give their lives knowing. Why were they there that Sunday? Did they know it was possible? They knew it was possible. Did they know? Absolutely. Did the missionary know it was possible when they left? They knew it was possible. Possible that they could lose their lives. We don't live in that lane very often. We don't have a sense of that. It may come to that. But there's something about these people when the choice is preserve my testimony, even if it costs me my life, they hold on to their testimony. That's powerful. That's our calling. Would you stand with me? Lord Jesus. We need your touch in our lives. You give us so much. You give us so much. You help us to understand the revelation of your purpose and you give us wisdom.